Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So this is it. After many, many, many hours, you finally made it to our Dine of the Day review final part, we promise. And here we go over the box office, the critical reception, and our massive overall views of this interesting James Bond film. Enjoy. James Bond will return. I yeah, I think that's what we're getting these days because they can't. Yeah, they don't know there, there and then, do they? No, because they're coming up with yeah. usual stories. Of course, the intention was to make another film within a year or two, so oh. you'd get that a bit later with Cinderella. But anyway, right. First of all, we we talk about the box office, but there was a world premiere. It, so partridge. It was hosted by Julia Bradbury. <laughs> 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 I didn't even know he, she was going there, actually, but yeah. Yeah, and it's world premiere at the Royal Albert Hall, which is where they all seem to be these days. And it had been transformed, though, into an ice palace. Hang oh, on wow. oh. The Queen and Prince Philip were there. It's just one of the funniest things ever, them watching this film. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, though. That is something you should be mindful of. Yeah, but it was, it was possibly the biggest ever premiere because you had every Bond apart from Sean Connery there. How good is that? Right. Those, yeah. those pictures you see of them together, even Timothy Dalton, Bond, yeah. he's not very publicity, you know, he's, he's not into all this, but he was there. So also there was Shirley Bassey, Shirley Eaton, Maud Adams, Lois Childs, Richard Keel, Fiona Fullerton, babishly. Uh, and then, right, Madonna and Guy Ritchie, of course, because there's that picture of her curtsying for the Queen. Richard E. Grant, I don't know why he was there. Boy Desperate for a part. Yeah. <laughs> You'll love it, yeah. The last two, Harry Redknapp <laughs> and John O'Coleman. So, uh, <laughs> real stars in attendance. So Harry was... Redknapp watching that last scene. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He would have loved it. He would have loved it. Yeah, he would, yeah. Yeah. That's something I don't understand. Random, unrelated celebrities attending films that they have nothing yeah. to do with. You could go and Who watch it like... The Bond founders doing the dinner jackets at the premiere, but mm. not the actual with the guests and all that. Yeah. 
unless you've been in a bond before. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, no, that's so. In terms of the box office, this is where we go full FYR. It <laughs> was 142 million, so Oof. obviously high, but. A hundred million was given towards the budget from product placement. Yeah, hundred million. Yeah, so Phillips, the shaving thing. <laughs> hundred yeah. million from product placement. Yeah, well, I don't. Yeah. I mean, there's loads of stuff, loads of stuff that was in it, wasn't there? But twenty companies apparently. Wow, I, I did mention it years ago, but the whole buy another day. Yeah. After this, though, because it got a bit of bad press, they thought right for Casino Royale in particular. I suppose it was it didn't lend itself. They they only had eight in that. Only had eight companies, and one of them must have been Ford for the Mondeo. So, <laughs> yeah. Revlon produced the 007 colour collection makeup inspired by Jinx. <laughs> you killed this now, guys. I'm sorry. On Barbie dolls. I'm not joking. Yeah? What? Great. On Barbie dolls. Never seen them. So Lindy Hemming designed them. And there's a, wow. a gift set with Ken posing as Bond in formal wear. Designed Ooh. by Brioni, who do the suits. So no expense spared. Wow. Yeah, and of course another time was the there wasn't a game, but if you remember, we were like quite funny that there was a a Dino of the Day. They they chose that for 007 Legends, but only because it was the only film of Brosnan's that they hadn't done. So yeah, yeah. and it, in fact, some of the graphics in the game are exactly the same as the film. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know Daniel Craig against uh, no. <laughs> Toby Stevens at the end. Yeah. <laughs> So, also, the North Korean government, they didn't really take kindly to this uh, film. <laughs> the South Koreans were boycotted it, especially <laughs> especially one of the reasons, the lovemaking scene near a statue of the Buddha. Mm. So the, final, the final thing, yeah. Clumsy, that, really. You know, costing them tens of millions in lost revenue. Yeah. A government official from South Korea said it was the wrong film at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> it was a massive success, obviously, at the box office. And it actually was at number one, and then it returned to number one later, which very, very mm. rarely happens these days. Nice. It was out at the same time as the Chamber of Secrets, Harry Potter, <gasps> the second one, the Christmas one. Yeah. So this is this is quite incredible. This people won't like me saying this. It so it earned four hundred thirty-two million, which is obviously the biggest one ever at the time. Yeah. But it earned of that one hundred sixty-one million was in America, which is more than No Time to Die got, not including inflation. Wow, speaks wow. for itself. That I know is we had the, I know we had the para, uh, they said the paramedic, the pandemic, <laughs> but the proportion of the, you know, the, was it seven hundred and fifty? It got no time to. Mm. People are like, oh, the Americans yeah. love Craig. No, no, they've completely abandoned him compared to the rest of the world. Ah, right. Mm. Yeah. So it's the top non-Craig film at the box office, not adjusted for inflation. It was the sixth highest grossing film of 2002. Mm -hmm. Wow. Adjusting for inflation, it would be 14th on the list. So not bad at all, really. Above, Just above Goldeneye and just below The Spy Love Me. So pretty good. The only thing, the return in the investment thing is the, way, yeah. the ones where these ones suffer because mm. it's only three times its budget. And, you know, I don't know, Dots and Overs will be like 80 times its budget. <laughs> Still a heck of a lot of money. Very, very successful. Yeah, right. So it's the critical reception, isn't it, that... There's mm -hmm. lost it. It's a legacy, I think. We can go through some of these scores. So, Rotten your Tomatoes. father's legacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my yeah. family's fifty-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So, that's rotten, isn't it? Is it rotten? It's terrible. Not no, that bad. It's, it? not, it's not as bad. Yeah. So it's twenty-first on the list. So can you tell me the four films that are 
A View to a Kill, Octopussy, Man with a Gun Gun. Yep. Moonraker? Nope. Gun. Quantum of Solace? Nope. Diamonds Are Forever? No, no. <laughs> Comedy's revisionist side. Yeah. World is not enough. Yep. World's not enough. Is it? Yep. It's, it's higher rated on Rotten Tomatoes than yeah. no. Get out. What the? Did I do wrong? Uh, <laughs> sorry, Arnie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is this is the quote from you know they sort of do an aggregate quote from Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that should be a bit too over the top for some but it's lavishly crafted and succeeds in evoking classic Bond themes from the franchise's earlier installments. True. True that. The, oh, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. So that was the critics, that. The Rotten Tomatoes audience is much lower, 41%. Whoa. So only A View to a Kill is lower than that. You wouldn't have thought mm. audiences didn't like it as much as critics, would you? No, <laughs> no. yeah. No, no, I weird. agree. So weird. Metacritic, 56. Mm. <laughs> That's 18th. But you can disregard that because Spy Love Me and Live and Let Die are below it. So, absolutely ridiculous. Right, finally, one of them. IMDb, 6.1, which sounds decent. The lowest, I think, that. It's the lowest alongside Never Say Never Again, those we don't speak of. Yeah. That's not bad, though, is it? 6.1. I, I, that's a, an amazing testimony to a franchise that after 25 films... There is no film that the public, on average, deem less than a six. Yeah, it's true. Mm. Yeah, so when you're stuck inside a formula as well, too bad. Winning, speaking. Can you remember? I think it's three years ago now. A view to a trill on Twitter. Basically, if you don't know, this account's got all the Bond fans online, pretty much hundreds and hundreds of them, and everyone put in their rankings, and he collated them. Mm. Did, did all of them? This was before No Time to Die, of course. So we don't know where that would be, would have been. Where do you think it was in all the Bond fans in all the world out of the 24 films? 16th. 16th, Robbie, going for? Yeah. Was it third bottom? Any more? Any, Surely any low, I yeah. I'll go 24th. You're right, John. It was rock bottom. Really? Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. I... Time to die hadn't been released, so. Well, yeah. <laughs> I can't think of seven. I think are worse than this, so I yeah. don't know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there are for some Rob, you're right though. For some people, yeah, do it's like loved. It. Yeah. yeah, no, it's yeah. massively loved. Yeah, which Especially I I, I like way, that too. The people like now, like George Aldridge and well, Sam doesn't like it, but people in the twenties have a bit more of a fondness because they saw it as a kid. Mm. It was quite yeah. a good entry level bond, yeah. quite accessible, mm. quite rude. I mean, I can read out some of the some of the the crits. <laughs> Michael DeKiner, <laughs> they're so rob these names, a film threat, <laughs> raised the film as the best of the series to star Pierce Brosnan and the most satisfying instalments of the franchise in recent memory. <laughs> I mean, you have to, these are made up, surely, these. But Larry Carroll of CountingDown.com <laughs> <laughs> praised Lee Tamahori for having magnificently balanced the film so that it keeps true to the Bond legend makes reference to the classic films that preceded it, but also injects a new zest to it all. Are these real? Yeah, Entertainment Weekly, I've heard of them. Yeah. Tom is a true filmmaker. A.O. Scott from the New York Times, the the best of the Bond series since The Spy Love Me. I I can't Mm. believe this is true. Roger Ebert, ladies and gentlemen, how many stars out of four did he give this? Two. Two. Any more? Any less? One and a half. I'm going to go with three. 
Three, Rob. Ah. <laughs> it was three. Yeah, three. Yeah. <laughs> it has the usual impossible stunts, but it has just as many scenes that are lean and tough enough to fit in any modern action movie. There you go. Mm. Did he watch the Ebert cut? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially prepared for him. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, those are the good ones, really. That this is quite a funny one. Realviews.net. This is a train wreck of an action film. A stupefying <laughs> attempt by the filmmakers to force feed James Bond into the mindless triple X mold and throw forty years of cinematic history down the toilet in favour of bright flashes and loud bangs. What's that? So you know, reviews, you can yeah. sympathise with every single one of these yeah. reviews. You can, really... <laughs> yeah, they're all right. <laughs> right, Roger Moore. I thought it just went too far, and that's from me, the first Bond in space. <laughs> Invisible cars. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I can't bitch him saying this, can you? Invisible cars and dodgy CGI footage, please. I just no. I don't no. like him, does it? No. Uh, dodgy CGI. He can't. Yeah. He doesn't talk like that. I I I'm gonna go with this. I, I like if I didn't know I could love Roger more than I already do. <laughs> yeah, you'll take it. You agree with it? Yeah, I, yeah I'll take it because I, I want it to be real. <laughs> so yes, come to the finale. We're gonna just give our overall thoughts on the film. I mean, we've spent hours and hours on this over many months. If you've joined us, thank you for staying with us until this little last finale. There's, I mean, there's a few things you can chat about, of course. Where does it place in your Bond films? Has it got better with age? So, yes, first of all, who's the who's the most tired? They can, they can go first. <laughs> go on, John, go on. I like the film. That's the first thing I'll say, I like the Ooh. film. And and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy away from that. Objectively speaking, there's loads to criticize, but I think I said at the start of this review, it's easy to overlook some of the things that are great. I think Vic Armstrong does a brilliant job. I think the sword fight, Blade is exceptional. The ice ch- ice car chase is very entertaining, some good stunt work there. I think Brosnan gives it all he's got. So I think there's, and I think there's some interesting story points. I think the whole North Korea thing and the torture at the start is very interesting. I put this on a par with Spectre as a film. I think for, for different reasons. I find, I think I said this in a, in a podcast recently. I can't remember what I said. I think the dialogue in this film is abysmal, whereas the idea of the story in Spectre is abysmal. And yet I find both of them compelling enough to watch and enjoy. Mm. I think I probably just about prefer Spectre to this film. Mm. And, I, and I think that that is probably because of maybe even the fact that we've just discussed the last act of the film tonight and it, it just highlighted once again how bad some of that is at the end um, and where it goes to. But I feel that it I feel that it gets unfairly maligned in terms of like, you know, oh it's awful, it's awful, blah blah blah. Yeah, there's horrendous bits in it, but there's some good stuff in it as well. And I think that it's not fair on Brosnan. Brosnan's the one who who uh, gets the raw deal here because he gives it to all to his end. And ultimately, he wasn't responsible for this being a bad film, but he's one of the ones who paid the price for the whole reset. 
And to be honest, the people who I think who are most responsible for the problem here are Purvis and Wade, and they're the ones who keep on. Yeah. And mm. and I struggle with that, if I'm being totally honest. This film does a lot of damage to a lot of people. Like, we've talked about Moneypenny tonight. I mean, it really damages her reputation. The only film that I can kind of think think of that has damaged a long-standing character on that same level is M in No Time to Die in yeah. terms of like that that and that is a real shame it's a real shame especially in this film when it was from a needless scene it added nothing to the plot whatsoever it was a completely needless scene I really don't like Jinx I think Jinx is I'm going to say it my least favourite Bond girl by far quote for me I don't like her but I do like Gustav Graves I I I I don't know where if he did a ranking I mean I don't know where he'd come or anything but I do like him I think he knows what I think Toby Stevens knows what film he's in mm. and mm. I think he just thinks to himself I am going to ham this up and I'm going to give it everything and I think it's it's not like the Michael Madsen one where I think that he thinks he's doing some great acting <laughs> and 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 it's hammy I think Toby Stevens knows full well what this film is and just plays to the camera and gives it his all. And and I, and I love that about this film. I'll always have like fond memories of it. You know, I, I me and my brothers watch this as on video endlessly. It isn't one I go back and watch a lot, I have to be honest. It's one of the ones I go back and watch uh, the least. But it's not half as... It's, it's not like, I don't know, the Judas Iscariot of... Uh, of <laughs> <laughs> the complete traitor that betrayed the whole of James Bond. I wouldn't call it that. So it comes 23rd in my rankings. I've really enjoyed doing this review. I had a right good laugh. I don't think my opinion has changed. I think I've got the same opinion of it, to be honest. Chris, what were your thoughts when you... I know we've discussed it years and years ago when you first saw it, but having sort of reappraised it and everything, do you think that we did throw the baby out with the bathwater Maybe we moved on too quickly and we're a bit dismissive of Pierce Brosnan, some of the other elements in it. I know Judy Dench came back. I'm probably the only one. I feel a bit sorry for John Cleese in all this, to be honest. And mm. obviously he wouldn't fit in with, he couldn't fit in with the new, the reboot. He was almost seen as a, oh yeah, he only did a couple. He wasn't very good. A bit like Money, uh, Caroline Bliss's Money Penny, you know, it's sort of, mm. in the numbers, it's sort of cost her. But yeah, Chris, after these hours and hours and hours of watching it, has it gone up in your estimations? Uh, no, I, I completely agree with what John said. I think it's um, <clears throat> its flaws are absolutely laid bare every time you watch it. You know, there's no getting around the uh, absolutely atrocious dialogue. Uh, just some of the creative choices that have, that were made that age it. Well, not may, not maybe not age it, but just place it in 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 a time that it, it, it just. <sighs> It's just a bit naff, you know. Like, 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 say the the, the camera shots, the, the some of the editing is all like, say, early Fast and the Furious, Triple X, all those kind of just, <laughs> just like, you know, not even middle of the road, you know, pretty poor action films. And and for for the Bond, it really makes me feel sad because the Bond series should always be at the cutting edge of. Mm technology and leads the way in you know in stunts and you know ju just the, the, you know within the, that the parameters of what that character in the world is so it makes me feel sad that they kind of looked externally and thought i know that's what the cool kids are, are doing so let's let's do that when really they should be going uh, what we should be looking at is at how the world is changing and do more with the character and the setup and all that stuff that's how bonds 
evolves or rather the films do not in that kind of like you know yeah it it, it, it just feels tacky at times that's the, that's the problem that i have with the, with the film i think the first the first half two thirds are, are really good fun I say not without their flaws but it, that last third is like they say is a bit of a train wreck in terms of it feels rushed it suddenly there's a slight cheapness to it which oh, you would never th- you never th- never think you'd, t- you'd say that about a Bond film again the person way thing of you know maybe they are quite good at coming up with stories or rather more like magpies you know they're very good at like taking little ideas whether it's from Fleming or from other films and and kind of bringing them together but the, as writers I just think they're, they're absolutely terrible so you know I, I think watching it like say John said it's been an absolute blast you know reviewing it and watching it again and again always seen the, the, the flaws but I've always had a soft spot for it because you know I, I really do like Pierce Brosnan's Bond I, I really do think it was a shame that they got rid of him because as we said in the past you know the Bond series can change and you know and certainly when Roger was doing it tonally there's quite a lot of changes that happened and Brosnan still looked the part was still still had the box office draw you know we're still at just the right side you know in terms of uh, age wise he should have been given another one and, and I think it's it, 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 it's you know I understand the whole idea is oh well in a post 9-11 yeah but that's 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 to do with the stories that you're wanting to tell not mm. with the actor and I think that's that that will always be a, an issue with me so yeah I do have a soft spot for the film and also I do like you know an underdog and the way it has been treated over the over the past you know decades is is really being quite unfair i think yes it, there is some terrible dialogue but there's also some terrible dialogue in roger moore films but if you know <laughs> or maybe not um but yeah I, I think i think yeah it will always be you know bottom tier uh, i do put it on now and then just because it's 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 just a strange curious film and i and i, and I do find i, I am off and drawn to films that never quite fulfilled the potential and there is enough of an interesting story and setup in it to keep me going back and you know like I say set pieces uh, obviously the action set pieces being you know the, the main kind of draw so yeah I, I'm very fond of it it's not the in my opinion the worst Bond film or the one that I le- like the least rather at least to Daniel Craig's for that but yeah I just think and I, and I'm re- I really hope that anyone who's still listening <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, will reassess it, and, and those people who've who've sort of written it off as this, you know, this, this film, and go, actually, there is, I, I can see it for its faults, but at the end of the day, they were trying to make a Bond film for that time, and and I, and I say that that creative control over it may, may have benefited from that, from someone saying, no, let's not do those silly whiz things and add this, and you know, it's great that we got Halle Berry, but let's actually write us some believable dialogue let's actually speak to a woman and understand how they speak you know so i'm hoping that people will be less hard on this film because there's a lot to like there's a lot wrong with it but there is a lot to like and at the end of the day i will always take film and it certainly doesn't take itself seriously i will always take that over that kind of you know something that thinks it's much more highbrow or more you know, sophisticated than it actually is because I, I, it, that's a big turn-off for me. Is a film that thinks it's better than it actually is. But yeah, I'm dying of the day. I'll probably watch it again in a couple of months' time. It's, it's on regular rotation. It is a Bond film, isn't it? 
He can't. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels mm-hmm. like a Bond film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, it stretches credibility. Each sort of facet to it could have been done better. There's some good ideas though, and I think is it more execution more than anything, Math? Do you think? Do you think that's probably where it goes wrong? Like if the amount of times we've said, it, yeah, if it had just done that differently, or I would have done yeah. it in that way. Is, do you think that's part of its problem? Uh, yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, some of the dialogue is too much. That, however, you did it, you know. But yeah, I, I think it is. I think it is that I've always had a soft spot for this film. You know, of course, I've never thought that it's a classic Bond film that everyone should love. I can understand why people really don't like it and why it does. You know, I'm not a massive fan of rankings, as you know, but why it does feature in the lower end, very near the bottom. Often, I can understand why people will put it there, but for me. I've just always had a soft spot for it, and even though there are there are bits in the film and there are and there are you know parts and choices that really are almost you know offensive, I forgive it. Mm. I, I I forgive it, and I think the reason why the the kite surfing or whatever you want to call it is the worst bit. I think is because it's the most prolonged, and that one of the th- one of the good things to get. I know it's it's some. It's two hours, 12 minutes or something, which at this time is fairly long for a Bond film. But compared to now, that's quite a short uh, action film. It rattles along really. Mm-hmm. It never, it's never boring. No. And and so, and I, I'll, I'll touch on um, something that John said, because I do think, yeah, maybe this Inspector, I, I would probably put mm. s- similar. But this is shorter. This moves quicker. And as I've said before, I think Spectre's got good things about it, and I don't, I don't think it's the absolute, you know, worst thing in the world or anything like that. I, I, there are parts of it I really like watching, but the idea of Blofeld being his stepbrother or adopted brother is worse than anything in this. Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. if as soon as you've got that in the story, you can't. It's really difficult to get past. Yeah. Whereas you know, Invisible Car, yeah, well, it might be a bit silly in that, but you can't. <laughs> You can get over it, surely, and I don't think it's as silly as... It's never been a a huge problem to me. So I think I've said this before about this film. I think the whole is better than the sum of its parts because I think you've got the makings of a decent Bond film with some good ideas, lots of flaws, lots of things done poorly, but you've got enough of an interesting film and decent action to get you through, and that's why I, I go back and watch it more than I do other ones. And, you know, I, I do think it's a real shame, as you said, that this is Brosnan's send-off, that this is Samantha Bond's send-off, John Cleese's, Colin Salmon's. You know, it, it is a shame. And <clears throat> I'm not someone who thinks that for each actor now, you have to you have to send, they have to have a send-off film because I think that's a lot of, we've had a lot of damage with that with No Time to Die. But having had this, I think a fifth film would have probably been with the age that Pierce was at. Yeah, you know, final film a couple of years later, fifth film. Do a, a Fiora, what Fiora's only is to Moonraker and, you know, lower key film. We don't have to, you know, Bond should go off with the with the woman, not ordinarily uh, into the sunset in most Bond films. So it's quite easy to just have that as their send off rather than them having, you know, a child or dying or anything like, like too extreme like that and yeah it just would have been nice if if pierce had had a better send-off than this because yeah because i think it's tarnished his sadly it's tarnished his reputation somewhat unfairly but it's just because they so they think 
but all his films just got more ridiculous and more ridiculous and and everything. So I I think I understand why people don't don't like it that much. I don't find that a very interesting opinion. It's just such an obvious thing to say. I understand it, but it's not the most interesting opinion. Uh, so for me, it's better than its reputation. It's deeply flawed. I will never dislike it. I think most people would say Goldeneye is way the best, Rosnan. You go down a bit, those two are sort of similar middling, and then Dino of the Day is terrible. I don't know whether that is the general consensus. Do you think that, Math, or... I don't mean um, terrible, but I mean yeah, I, I, a big gap I, and then another big gap. To... Yeah, I see some. I see some people on Twitter who, well, firstly, some people who absolutely love Brosnan, but then there's a lot of people who seem to really dislike Brosnan uh, and his films. Within that, some of them do like Goldeneye. I do. I see quite a bit of hate for World Is Not Enough still, and I know there's this whole thing it can't be underrated anymore. Well, it can because people rank it really lowly and don't see the good things in it. So yeah, I would say that's probably probably about right that Goldeneye's seen as by far his best then the next two probably come together and then this one quite a lot lower. Still, probably The World Is Not Enough is the most underrated of the four in terms yeah. of the are in numerical order or whatever. Rob, can you remember how you felt after this? Because obviously you'd feel even worse in a few years' time. after. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh, to have that feeling of utter dismay when I left the cinema after watching Die Another Day. <laughs> no, I, I... You said it was halfway <laughs> through, though, didn't you, I think? It, Sorry, what was that? When you were watching Die Another Day, maybe halfway through, you realised and gone, oh, dear. Yeah, because the, the cinema um, yeah. had the fault with the reel. No, it, this is a this is a hard one because this is the last time I enjoyed watching James Bond, which is 21 years ago. <laughs> now which is really painful to say and yeah i know jump people are going to jump on me for that like they usually do that's fine i i think this is like an in a lot of ways it's a nadir point for the franchise but i think there's so much that's not totally awful about it as well i think brosnan is outstanding because he's and he gets unfairly pilloried for oh brosnan was in charge when james bond you know the end of James Bond or whatever. No, actually, it wasn't. It was the guy after who's actually in charge of the end of James Bond, but never mind that. This is, it's bad. In a lot of ways, this film is bad. Bad, bad, bad. It's crass, it's vulgar, it's astonishingly <laughs> poorly written. Everything about this film gets thrown out in the first draft stage. Everything. There isn't anything that survives a proper first draft rewrite here. But... Brosnan's ace. Brosnan's totally, totally invested. He's totally ace. And he's James Bond. He's James flipping Bond. And you've got a James Bond who wants to be there, enjoying what he's doing, giving it the absolute full star wattage throughout this. And this film lives and dies with Pierce Brosnan for me. It doesn't live and die with the writing because God knows that'll let him down. It doesn't live and die with the uh, effects, which some is good, a lot are bad. It, it's, it's such a massive curio. Yeah. to me and i love a cinematic folly I, I love that you know i love all those movies by not you know arguably more revered filmmakers than lee tamahori <laughs> anyone who swung for the fences and arguably got it wrong i like that and i enjoy that and i enjoy watching that i think there are moments in this that are hugely bond 
and he and, and hark back to the spirit of the franchise that um it uh, is indelibly a part of because this is part of the bond world it a hundred percent is it just goes to levels thanks to the writing and direction that are just gross <laughs> I'm not, i don't really know what else to say like that this film like there's so much about it that i really like but it just goes a bit sick and grubby and it feels like <laughs> i found a you know i found a much loved pamphlet but it's stuck in a diaper that's been used <laughs> and chatting and i just like i don't know what to do with it it's like there's so there's so yeah there's so much to enjoy but it's wrapped in this absolute hornswoggle so i yeah it's a real tough one this one um i'm definitely going to say this is this is much higher in my rankings i.e it's probably like 21, 22, yeah. <laughs> 23. Mm. But none of that is down to Pierce. None of that. So all this Pierce Brosnan hate that goes on online, I think is largely due to the stuff he was saddled with, which is what happened in Die Another Day. Because mm. it sure ain't Goldeneye. And I don't think it's Tomorrow Never Dies. And if anyone's got any sense, it's not Twine. So it has to be Goldeneye, which why, which is why people hate Pierce Brosnan, which they do, which is so erroneous and so stupid and and against the spirit of everything that I, I don't get it. Uh, but anyway, I've loved talking about it because I, we always knew that when we got a chance to talk about Die Another Day, it was going to be a labour of love. And there is a lot of love involved with the discussion. Yeah, I don't like Halle Berry shouting bitch at someone's <laughs> dead body. No, I don't like that at all. Would I show my... Actually, no, I wouldn't show my kids on There's no way. This film is not for children, by the way. Oh, we're going down now. Going to go down together. Anyway, it's it's so much better than the sum of its parts to an extent. Mm. But yeah, I've had a great time. <laughs> You're right. I don't know what I really said. I just talked for oh, 10 no. minutes. <laughs> Didn't really say anything of any consequence. It's <laughs> you know, it's it is. It's the most cartoonish Bond film, but it's possibly the least for kids Bond film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why do we not hear enough of Dying of the Day could have been a brilliant film if it had some proper writers or a script doctor or something. It could have been a really, really good Bond film. I, I don't mm. hear that enough. And I don't... I, I hear Pierce was a good Bond, but he wasn't given the best material. But he's better than that. You know, he has... Yeah, this could be one of the greatest performances in a bad in inverted commas film ever. You could argue. I think you're right, and I think also it made, made box office this as well, didn't yeah, it? Of as well, it did. so mm-hmm. you could argue that this is uh, like Pierce Brosnan saving a movie. Yeah, Cause he has because ostensibly the movie, the writing in this movie is just so bad mm. that uh, yeah, he saved it himself mm. because you've got an actual James Bond playing the main character. Mm. We go back to the whole, well, okay, it wasn't that well received, did well at the box office, but we'll just do the next one a bit more serious, down to earth, everyone will be fine, good night. And that's where cinema went, of course, naturally, anyway. Mm. And all that. So the next one would have been more serious because they do reflect the times. Right, Harry, we'll bring Harry in. I don't know where you'll begin with this because... No, I don't. I, I honestly no idea what I'm about <laughs> to say. Not a clue. Uh, I've loved listening to all your concluding thoughts now. Don't disagree with anything anyone said. So I think we all kind of feel the same, don't we, about Die Another Day, really? You had it 16th, Harry, in your original writing. <laughs> <It's famous. laughs> 
I think if I were to re-rank it, if I were to re-rank, it's a different one to say that correctly. If I'll re-rank it, <laughs> um, uh, um, I would put it about twentieth, probably. It's yeah. it's enjoyable. I enjoy sticking it on, and I enjoy watching it. Um, I enjoy uh, the colourfulness of it, and the fact that it's not pretentious. Um, and I think in the, the current climate of Bond, although it's come to an end, there was something refreshing about Down of the Day because it was it was not pretentious. It was you know it was fun. It was ridiculous. Um, it was easy, if you know what I mean. Those are the things I like about it. Those aren't the things that make it a good film. Though you know it's not. I'm not saying it's superbly done, and those are all intentional qualities and things like that. But for personal taste, I enjoy it and I like it. And yeah, like you were saying before, it's, it's funny because it is close to being one of those fun ones that you would want to show your kids because, you know, you've got some interesting set pieces in there. But there's some things that I absolutely wouldn't show my children and I wouldn't show them other film fans. I wouldn't show them if I wanted someone to get into Bond, I would nowhere near show them this because mm. it's a bad example and you know, watching it, it as much as I love it, watching it recently, we can't. None of us can avoid, avoid all the faults with it. And I think the main ones are the effects and the writing. I think there's a good story in there. I, I think you know it goes to some interesting places that hadn't been done before, and um, took the, took Pierce to new parts of the world, which is great. Um, but seen. the, the writing, yep. what's that? Sorry. Thought you seemed is not. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. But this, this is it. There's, there's so much in here, and it's just too relentless. It's too much, especially with the dialogue, um, the the puns, the quips, Jinx's character. It just, if you take, there's so many things, and I think I've said it throughout this review. If you take them in isolation, yeah, pretty good or, or all right, good, really good. Okay, yeah. Together, it's just too much. It's all bursting out, and the the problem as well with it is where it stands historically now because it's seen as the ending the, it's seen as the one that went too far and we had to pull the brakes on and stop everything that we're doing and I used to be I used to resent that way of thinking I thought that they did throw the I used to think that they threw the baby out with the bathwater they responded too much in a knee-jerk way they didn't see all the good things in this you know there was Pierce in there that was brilliant I think it's wholly unjust that Brosnan got 
sent away after this that he it was like it was on him and it was on his shoulders like everyone said on this recording Brosnan is actually one of the best things about it and credit to him for how much he's able to pull this through the writers should have been immediately fired and sacked I cannot believe that they are still involved in the franchise it is on them effects date effects come and go you can get another effects team without anyone knowing but the the writing seeps through and and some of the stuff they're regurgitating now, they're, they're still making the same mistakes. They're still showing um, insensitivities and just real lack of awareness, dialogue that's just too on the nose. And, you know, even in the new films, which think they're, which people think are, you know, quite subtle, they're not. They, there's so much on the nose. And some of the themes are ridiculous. Math talked about, you know, this stepbrother thing being more ridiculous than an invisible car, and I can agree with that. Because the faults of this film can just stay in this film. You can just keep them there. And we, sh- we, I think I'm more than ever realising that the next Bond and the future of Bond lies in individual films. It's really important that things stay wrapped up in their own right. Everything, just like Moonraker to Your Eyes Only, and this is something I think I've always said and people say as well, you know, they could have just gone to one that's more low-key, more serious, and kept the franchise going like that and not reacted in such a way that is so dismissive of everything because the way they set up the new era was to be quite dismissive of Bond which is sad but I do think I've changed my mind slightly on some of that I do think it needed a shift I think something had to stop something had something they had to either slow down even though I love Brosnan, it might have been that they recast in a more amicable way. I certainly think the writer should have been instantly dismissed, gone. Because you can, that's not acceptable work performance, that, at all. But I think they, I think by just when I've watched them through, could Pierce Brosnan have done another Bond and that invigorated or reinvigorated the series? I don't know. I don't know. Or would it have just carried things on a little bit? Even if it was a better film... Would that have just kept this really long franchise going? I think it did need an injection of something new at this point. I'm not saying I would have done it the way Casino Royale did it, because there's uh, there's some things that I find really uh, impolite about that, the way they did that. I don't know what it was. Definitely new writers they needed, possibly a new Bond, just something that kept it going a different direction, but not resetting. That I think that that's what's so disrespectful the way they thought this is so bad we need to completely reset everything no i think they just needed a change a bit like a a living daylights a new bond a down-to-earth mission and it keeps going you know and if you'd left it a few years to build the appetite like they did that that would have helped but i think reinventing the whole franchise is such an overreaction and it makes, at the same time, it makes Die Another Day the laughing stock for making mistakes. And that's not fair, really, because there, there are lots of films in the franchise that have made mistakes. And it's just now, sadly, it sits in this, it's got its place in the, in the franchise and in history as the one that went too far and caused them to completely start again. And had it been sandwiched by The World Is Not Enough and a more down-to-earth Bond film, it would have been much more accepted. Maybe m- more loved and not laughed at. But... I enjoy it still. I enjoy going back to it. It's all about where they, it is all about where they sit in history as well. Because you know, I'm quite down about the Craig films, but I'm sure if we have a better turn and a better run of films, I'll be able to look at some of the, what they try to do a bit more fondly. And you know, it's all when when you let when the most recent one 
when the last one you do is not great, it makes you worry about the whole franchise. Like we're in, like we are now, and I think like they were with Die Another Day, but sometimes when you just look back, you can find great stuff in all of them. That includes the Daniel Craig ones, and it includes Die Another Day. For me, what Die Another Day has on the Craig ones, though, is enjoyment factor. Having talked about it with you guys, and, you know, going into such detail and having such a laugh, you've got to be fond of it. It makes you feel great thoughts and happy thoughts. It makes you laugh. And like Chris said, you know, it makes you see potential, which is an exciting thing. That's good for a viewer to, to see something in a film. But yeah, I, I don't know if I can come up with any concluding thoughts because it just kind of changes all the time and I love it. I struggle with parts of it. I don't like the way it's treated. It deserves to get some of the treatment it gets. It's, 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 it's very difficult um, and I just, it's a really fun film and it's got quite a sad place in the franchise and... I find it hard to be objective about this, and I think we all do, because you know the amount of abuse it gets, not being a massive fan of the new direction, but knowing the absolute adulation that Casino Royale... You know, it's top. It's top of everyone's bomb lists, nearly everyone. Never mind top five. You know, Beats from Russia with Love, Beats on Her Majesty's, the best Bond film ever. How on earth, in your mind, can you even think that Dine of the Day is, is either nearly as good or I enjoy it more than Casino Royale. How can you say that without people laughing at you? It's a, it is a difficult mm. conundrum. So you've just got you've got to be honest about things. You've got to accept, like Harry says, that yes, it was a bit of a stinker in that sense as a film. But the Craig films were of its time. You know, people did people did enjoy them. They they Casino Royale did even better than Down of the Day. It continued the upward trajectory of the box office. The casting decisions. Most of the decisions that the Broccolis, etc., and Wilson have done over the years, they've paid off, you have to say. Now, we don't know where that's going to go with the decision they made after No Time to Die. And even if you think it's the worst film ever, they can just say, well, it's the end of that run. That's the end. He's dead. Start again. Which is what they could have done with this one. And I suppose they did do in a sense. So, I, I mean, who, dare I ask, does anyone prefer this to Casino Real? It's, 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 it's simple it's for me. Plan. It's simple for me. I prefer watching this to Casino Royale. I know absolute head knowledge that Casino Royale is a far superior film to Die Another Day. Far better put together, acted, executed. But I enjoy Die Another Day more than Casino Royale. No doubt about that. I'm un unashamed to say that. If Martin Campbell directed Die Another Day... Well, exactly. We'd all have our hands up now, wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> for a bit being a better film. Chris, doing this in the last three years, has it changed your view of that? And it's unfair to pit one film against another, hmm. but it isn't with this because no one in the right mind would ever give Dino of the Day a chance against Casino Royale. No, yeah, I, I, I understand what you're trying to say. I think that um, I agree. I agree with, with with Harry. I think in terms of uh, uh, in terms of what I would get more out of in terms of enjoyment of watching something, I probably would say Dino of the Day. I think Casino Royale is a very very well made film, but again it's a film that still has its faults <laughs> and it isn't. I don't think it is a, a, the best Bond film certainly by far, I think because there are similar issues with it. Some of the dialogue is terrible in that film. Some of the story doesn't work. But it is a better. There, there is a there is a stronger hand at that filmmaking, and that's the difference between Campbell and Tamahorny is that he actually, you know, <laughs> so to speak, you know, has his hands full. 
I do, I do, yeah, and so yeah, they are very, they are, they are very different films, and you know, I loved because you know when I first saw it, because it did feel quite exciting. I, I, I was like, oh, this is you know, someone's really, you know, I loved Martin Campbell's work, and it was a new Bond, and it was just like they're really mixing it up, and it felt, you know, going back to the books and stuff. But on repeat viewings, it's it becomes quite apparent that it's just not quite, you know, doesn't quite hold up as much. I think it's it's, it's too long. You know, the, the you can see the, the where they've basically tried to tape, you know, the gaps between the novel and then adding new stuff to it. But I do, you know, very different. But last time I watched it, I, I felt like I was going to end up with a headache. And, you know, I had to start with a headache very differently with Dying Another Day because it's, you know, it, but it's fun. And that's the, that's what it comes down to. Like I say, like with, with Spectre, like we said before about the, the story points in that, which just ruin it for me. There's a lot that I do like about it, but that story point about you know the the, the with with Blofeld is just I, I cannot get I, I cannot get past it in the same way that killing off the character in No Time to Die, it, I cannot get past that no matter how great that filmmaking is or the sets are or the suits all that all that I cannot get past that fundamental issue that I have with those two films. Dying of the Day is maybe an average action film with some really good. Uh, well, you know, some produ- varying production values. Uh, there are scenes where I think this is only a Bond film can do, and then there are some scenes where it feels like, gosh, this feels cheap. But I, I always enjoy it, and it makes me laugh, and it and, I, and I, it ne- never takes itself seriously. And it is, you know, you could in one way just watch it as if it was like a carry on film, and you could probably get as much out of it, to be honest with you. And maybe that was there was some sort of decision behind that because. For no one to say, oh, this dialogue sounds a bit on the nose. No one, no one thought to say that. All those people that are making these films, not even the actors, turn around and said, "Yeah, I'm not going to say that." But maybe that was what they were hoping for—is a, a slightly kind of, you know, leaning into the bawdy side of Bond films that that people seem to think is a thing, but it really wasn't. But Team Dine of the Day, I'm afraid. Yeah. It's the one film which I would like to know the most about the behind the scenes. Mm. You, you know, No Time to Die would be fascinating for the whole Emperor's New Clothes. Oh, yes, yes, he dies. It's brilliant, isn't it? Yes, yes. And every, all the workers, everyone in, the, you know, the people who work the production stuff, like, oh, no, 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 we can't, we don't say anything. <laughs> Do not say anything. But with this, Dying of the Day, like, what what was Barbara's thinking when she saw do, the scenes and the dialogue? Yeah, do you- who knows? Do you think that the 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 anniversary side of the, the self referential thing got too carried yes. away? Yeah, and I'm that not, might be the issue because it's such it. a different film to what came before. You know, it is like yeah. oh, geez. I don't like. Yeah, they approached it differently, didn't they? For... Yeah, you know, you look at the Star Wars films and you see just a copy in it. You know, like the, the Force Awakens is just a repeat. It's complete, yeah. you know, it's again well made, well shot, well directed, well filmed, but story wise, it's absolutely re- redundant isn't it i'm not i know i'm being awful but yeah whereas you go back to the prequels it's like the dying of the day effects so much more original loads of ideas far too much going on i got you know somebody in charge who you can't really say no to but mm-hmm. you can get a lot more originality out of than what came after so it's a it's a, a two-edged sword where one's too far going one direction and the other one's going too far in the other direction and i don't I suppose I'm glad we have both. Uh, John, you know, you're the most fair, perhaps, out of all six of us on the Daniel Craig films. I know you've probably got worse as you've you know, chatted to us over the years. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do think we were all a bit down after Die of the Day when we saw it. And I, I do because you're a fan of Casino Royale, you you must think that yes, that was a good move and it worked. Um I mean, I think I remember doing the the watching the casino, doing the casino review, and I think I said when I when I came out of the cinema the first time I watched it that that was a brilliant film, but it wasn't a brilliant Bond film. That was my actual reaction, mm. and that's because my experience of Bond films growing up were Pierce Brosnan films. Since then, I've changed my opinion on that. I think it's an excellent Bond film. I think it's fantastic. I, what I like is I like I think one of the main strengths of the Bond franchise is the diversity of it, and I think sometimes we can get ourselves in a bit of a cul-de-sac when we say this is a Bond film, this isn't a Bond film. You know, if I look at my ranking, if I look at my top five films, what I say, they're all relatively serious Bond films. They're all like License to Kill, Majesties, Casino Royale. Golden Eye, which is a bit less serious, but it's got serious elements. Living Daylights, which is quite serious. But then I absolutely adore Moonraker as well, uh, and Octopussy, which has got, which is a, which I suppose is the perfect example because it's a mixture of both of them. So I, I, I think my view is to not try and compare the two and say which one's better than the rest, or it's, it's. It's more about what kind of mood I'm in and take the value of each one of them. So neither Die Another Day or Casino Royale would be a default film I would go to. If I had like a Wednesday night that I had free, neither of those two would be on that because they're both the extremes. Mm. So and um and I want something in the middle. But there might be a time where I'm feeling utterly depressed. And I want to stick on die another day for a laugh. Or there might be a time where uh, on a Friday night where Rachel said, should we have a night? Should we have a film on? I'm willing to watch a Bond film. And that will be the time I'll put on Casino Royale because that's a bit more of an occasion. So, so it's, I, I suppose what I'm getting at is, is that I don't thank die. I've heard people say before, right? This is on a, on a, on a different podcast. I heard someone say, Dying of a Day is objectively the worst Bond film, but I'm thankful that it happened because it gave us Casino Royale. I completely and utterly disagree with that point of view. I think both of them have their value. And I think that a lot of people need to grow up and need to actually <laughs> and, and need to just get over this Craig V. Brosnan like rivalry and just accept that they've both contributed. Some people are going to prefer them films. Some people are going to prefer those films. But at the end of the day, they both have massive value. Having said that, I'll be a baby about No Time to Die because they killed my hero. But apart from that, you know, that's my... I don't know if I've answered the question, but that's probably where I'm at with it. You know, you could go on, can you? Like, did Dying of the Day damage Pierce Brosnan's legacy more than No Time to Die seems to be damaging Daniel Craig's? It probably has done. Yeah, so on that both the story is the what the thing that's wrong with both of them. The, the story, uh, the, the dialogue is wrong, one. The story with Die of the Day, but the story is that what is much worse than the Daniel Craig. Whether you liked or loved Daniel Craig, the choices are the what it's done for him in some ways. Yeah, I mean, I think I mentioned this point. So maybe it was today or something. That I think I think Spectre is actually the best was the right point for Craig to stop it. I think it ended in a nice way in a lot of ways. I think it was the the best way for it. 
And I think that the big problem with No Time to Die is, is that you're coming from the point of view that we're going to make a film as a send-off for a Bond character. Mm. I think that's the danger. And I think that like what we've got with Brosnan is the what if it happened. Now, I'm, I'm absolutely wish there was a fifth Brosnan film, but... If that fifth Brosnan film was going to be the Brosnan send-off and that's how it was billed and it was going to be all that, I wouldn't have been happy with that. And in that sense, I'm, I'm glad that Die Another Day is the final film because no other Bond, no character, no, no actor, sorry, is bigger than the character of James Bond. So no actor... is Here it is. If Sean Connery doesn't have a send-off as James Bond... No one else does. because And if Cubby Broccoli, his view was... Don't know where I'm going here, but... <laughs> Cubby, Cubby, I'm with you, John. I'm with you, John. If Cubby Broccoli's view, after You Only Live Twice, was we just get another James Bond because the character's bigger than the actor, that should be the that should be the view. Yeah. And, and, and the problem is, is now, is that we've moved away from that. We've completely moved away from that. That was still in place. That that th- that that thinking and feeling was still in place. I think when Pierce Brosnan, it's only with Daniel Craig's era and because Barbara was chose him and everything that it's changed. If you know what I mean, that I, I don't think there would be any intention to give Pierce a send off film. There might have been the one that right. This will probably be your last one, but I don't know if it would have had. Yeah, you, you know. It wouldn't have affected what happens to James Bond. I think Barbara has always had this bit of a chip on her shoulder that she has to do things differently. Like the first time, her first film she was in charge of, really. I know Broccoli was officially in charge of Goldeneye, but hands off. But was Tomorrow Never Dies. Tomorrow Never Dies is the most, in the most, in the best way, the most run-of-the-mill James Bond film going, mm-hmm. you know, and that's great. And then she pulls out World of Enough, and I am the first one to say, Fair play, what a risk, mm. absolutely. But then she gets obsessed. She's been obsessed with what, how do we find the new thing about the character? How do we keep it going? And 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 I, I genuinely think that's why she keeps on Purvis and Butthead, because they always have that same kind of men- mentality as well, of that what can we get into the psyche of Bond? Broccoli didn't have that. He said if it's an entertaining movie, that's what we get it out there. Mm. And I think that that's what we need to get back to. And in a lot of ways... Die Another Day was probably the last one of that. There's also more respect given, like we said, to the character above the actor. So it would be, right, Pierce, you're going to be doing these every two years. You're Okay, we'll let you offset. You can do one film in between each one, no more. So you can go off and do Dante's Peak, fair enough, whatever. You can go and do The Tale of Panama. You can go and do Thomas Crown Affair. You're not doing two or three films in between. Whereas Daniel Craig, it's like you can do whatever you want in between them. We won't even... We'll keep we'll keep the franchise going with you as Bond, with no guarantee that you're coming back, and it's it's just completely the wrong way around. And yes, we still had five films from him, which is a good tally for a Bond actor. Mm. I don't know. I I, just, I don't really. I'm not really into what ifs, but this would one of this would be one of the bigger ones, wouldn't it? What if Pierce Brosnan was allowed the reinvention or the toning down because it was getting too much? Would that have meant that? The, the next Bond who came in wouldn't have been Daniel Craig? Would it have meant that the next film that we got was more of that tone? Or would it have continued the trend of up, down, up, down, silly, not silly, fairly silly, bit of both? 
everyone is an individual film. It's a shame to have to think of 20 plus 5. And I'm sorry, you know, that... Mm. You can argue with saying you're not a proper Vaughn fan if you say that, but in a canon way, it is 20 plus 5. So Mm. even though this might be a terrible, rubbish, down of the day, 20th rubbish, it's still in the 20. (laughs) I put put my hand up because there was something I wanted to add, but your point then, Tom, was so succinct. Mm. That there's nothing really. Uh, no, there is. There, there is so much. It's not criticism of the individual twenty-one to twenty-four. Yeah, it's not. I, I and again, it's this is this no, thing that like we talk about the Daniel Craig era as the thing that followed on from Pierce Brosnan's tragic Die Another Day, right? Mm. And that's what everyone talks about. That that Die Another Day was so bad that this is what kickstarted this era. I mean, I, I would be. Very blunt, and I know most people who listen will know this, that Pierce Brosnan... No, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say what people believe here. Die Another Day didn't do great uh, in terms of... uh, Critically, it didn't do great. Uh, We've just established just how much it's not Pierce Brosnan's fault, despite how much the internet would like to say it is. (laughs) That that kicked off... 20 years of Bond misery for me. 20 years. Mm. 20 years of it. That, isn't it? I, of I just like, I, to a point where I didn't watch a Bond film for 10 years almost after Quantum of Solace. Honestly, I just thought it was that awful what was going on. And that, and it's not Craig. I know we talk about the Craig era, but it's not Craig. It's, this is just terrible writing and terrible direction for a much loved character. I know we've gone down a rabbit hole and I'm going burrowing into that <laughs> rabbit hole even further at this point. But we're now at a point where everyone is saying, you know, like, oh, you know, Pierce Brosnan's die another day, you know, like just undid James Bond and made it like, hang on a minute. Have you seen what the current era of James Bond, the state of it is? We don't have a James Bond. We don't have a franchise. We don't have a hero. We have a dead hero. We've got nothing at this stage. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I would I would kill to be in the position of post die another day at this stage. Yeah. yeah. Not this position yeah. now where we're waiting years for a film where we've got some Netflix reality Jersey Shore bollocks to look for. <laughs> I would kill to be in post die another day. Genuinely. Well, not genuinely, obviously I'm not gonna kill anyone, but like let's just <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's so frustrating. Um, and we've got no hero. We've got no nothing. We've got nothing. We've got absolutely nothing. But what we do have who are the writers who've been promised to stay on and the production team that killed the, or, or, you know, like you said, Sean, killed our hero. Great. I don't, I, I'm not looking at this like a lot to look forward to. I'm now looking back to uh, Die Another Day like the last time I was happy about James Bond, genuinely. Have that underlying feeling of, Yes, it was a, might have been a misstep, but we're going to be all right next time because we trust the producers. They're going to make one in two or three years. Oh, I think they should have changed something after the day. Oh, yeah. They needed yeah, to change yeah. something. You yeah. can. And like I say, whether it's the actor or the writers, or but not the grand reset and in such a dismissive way. And now you and now you forever you've broken the you've broken the series up. You've broken it. Well, is there it, is no series. Yeah. Now well, there's no it series. Is. So I mean, apart, I, 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 I will say I I completely understand the view that if you get 
the rights to the one remaining Fleming book, then you're gonna then you're gonna use it. I, I will say that that there was one Fleming book that they didn't have the rights to. They got those rights, and it's completely logical that they would use that as the next film. Is I, this is this what happened with? Uh, that's what I'm is that what happened? Right, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I totally it, agree with that. I totally agree. What it doesn't need to do is be a, a smug reset, oh. and I think that that's the issue. It's the smugness that I think. Yeah, they did it with Spectre, didn't they? As soon as he got those rights back, right? Mm-hmm. Let's blast it all. We'll do a whole. Oh, maybe it's going to be Blofeld. We won't tell you, but it is. And then, oh, and by the end of the film, he's in prison. It's all over. Done. And is your brother? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, if I wanted to watch some fella sulk himself across five films into dying, it wouldn't be James Bond. <laughs> Die another day, lads. <laughs> Thankfully, is, no. was it? Yeah, was it the end of the beginning or the beginning of the end? <laughs> I think erroneously. I think Harry's right. The baby in the bathwater is the big problem here. You don't have to chuck it all out. You just don't. You just condense what doesn't work. And obviously, so obviously with this, with Die Another Day, what doesn't work is the writing team and and yeah. elements of the production team, director as well. None of that is actually working to make a great forward-thinking James Bond movie. And just take a few years. Just take, you mm. know, don't go straight into another. Reconfigure some of the parts, but keep the franchise together. Keep it, even you know, it, you know could fit. No problem. Yeah, it, it is. I know this has been said, and and Tom's been Tom was one who pointed this out. Even though the years are now great, greater in number, this is the last time there was a non-Daniel Craig Bond film. Two thousand and two, twenty-one years ago. Yeah, wow. Goodness me, that is crazy. Yeah, no, it's a disgrace. Is what it is, <laughs> and we've had five films since then. I know it's a total disgrace. It's going to be, and it's going to be years. And so, yeah. <laughs> the thing we get bogged, so we get bogged down in these discussions as Bond fans, the whole Bond community, get, we get involved in these discussions, and that's when you think, oh, just, let's just stick on down another day. <laughs> as in, like, it's light Seriously. relief. It, no, it it's is easy. Yeah. It's yeah. straightforward. I'm tired of thinking about what the franchise needs, what we need yeah. to, what it yeah. needs to make it better. What are the, you know. How can we make it more current? How can we make it more intense? How can we get to character? Can we just have a break from talking about it and just enjoy one? Yeah. Let's enjoy Dine of the Day. It's right there to be enjoyed. When they make the next one, more people will be saying, can we have a little bit more of what was in Dine of the Day than, oh, let's yeah. continue with what was in No Time to Die. Mm. Yeah. Trying to end on a positive note. <laughs> yeah, it's different. It's a different one to get. It's, it, it's such, it is a... Um, a monumental film in terms of it's a seminal moment in the franchise, isn't it? You know, it changed everything. So you can't just look at it individually. It has no. uh, this film's had consequences. Mm. Yeah, so, so but, much to take. Right, but uh, yeah, it was. It was like you say. You can't get around the fact that that it is twenty plus five, and down the other day it was in that twenty, and should be celebrated in the same way that I celebrate that we've got. You know, uh, never say never again. A yes. w- weird curio and I will watch it every now and then it's not a brilliant film but I still enjoy it because I love that character and I love that world that he lives in and oh, there's a, you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I, yeah and I think uh, yeah D- Dying of the Day ha- has its faults but the, it should be celebrated because it is part of this franchise and this 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 franchise that it has over the years 
tried to cater for lots of different tastes and lots of changes in culture and society. And every one of them have got things right and got things wrong. It's just that with this one, it seems to be really quite clear. And I think it's also been a bit of a, you know, you know, yeah, it's, it's just been blamed, hasn't it? It's, and like I say, it's left a, 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 a a sort of bad taste in everyone's mouth that this was, you know, I like say that if this film wasn't, if this film wasn't so bad, we wouldn't have had to restart the franchise. Well, mm. you know, that it is, and it is that overreaction, isn't it? And but, I think but, we've also got that. You can see that overreaction in the five that we've had recently where yeah. it's all extremes. It's yeah. not, let's just have a standalone one. No, <laughs> we've got to do that. We've got to do this. And then we've got to, it's just, and it, you know, but yeah, I, I'm Fritz Fultz, Love Die Another Day, and I will be watching it again soon. Do you think it's fair to say that if it weren't for, I know you said Siegfried and Roy, not them, <laughs> <laughs> Purvis and Wade um, dropping the ball so much here that we wouldn't have had 20 years of, of you know, like disparity in the in the Bond franchise? I, yeah. I, 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 I honestly cannot believe that when they right so so the, the, this film that they made and like I say that it has its faults and it felt, feel feel like the production was rushed and there was the, the, it wasn't a smooth production for Die Another Day by any by any stretch of imagination that when they decided to reflect on it and they said right well we need to make some changes the one thing we'll keep is the two hacks that are responsible for. All the worst things, yes. and, and, and honestly, all the worst things that are with this film, we'll keep them, I'm but we'll get rid of all the other people who've been part of this and bring them back for the reboot yeah. and keep bringing them back, even though we keep hiring and must be spending a fortune on additional playwrights and authors to, to come in and polish it and do everything like this, but we'll keep these two absolute plebs it is beyond me, and it, that's that's you know when when people say like, I don't really like the the fact that the way that 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 Barbara Broccoli's kind of treated, dismissed that she doesn't have you know a, a, any ideas. But f- for me, that's the one where I really question her decision making. Is that uh, uh, that they those two are clearly to blame mm. for everything that's wrong, or the vast majority of what's wrong with that film? But she kept them on, and I will never understand that. I I just mm. ca- I cannot get my head past that. How many other writers are out there who they could have spoken to? You know, it's just, it, it, honestly, mind yeah, boggles no. that they still get paid and, and keep 20 coming odd, back. 20 odd years later, they're still mm-hmm. coming back. Yeah. Other than being never... part of the new after yeah. Daniel Gray. Yeah. They're not in demand, though, are they? They've just done no, one but... series for the BBC. Yeah. That's it, is it? Yeah. Okay. Plunkett and McLean must have been one a hell of a film. <laughs> <laughs> Purvis and Wade, Seafree. John English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, Broccoli and Wilson. Lads, we'll call time on this epic review. Yeah. You for the the many months we've. Is it it nearly a year? It's nearly a year and it's been well worth it, I tell you. (laughs) When did we start, Tom? I can't. It must have been. I think I've moved house. I think Matt's been married. I think there's various things (laughs) that happened since we. Well, so, I listened, we listened to some of the Thunderball review on our honeymoon. I, honeymoon? That, that well, was, that was released in January. Oh, but we were so excited to talk about it, weren't we? Oh, yeah. I would, I would, I would happily go back and, and talk about it again. We, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would, I would, Chris. What we did last time, in fact, it was announced we said, next. we announced what we were going to do next. Oh, and really? now, 
Are we oh, gonna, flipping heck. I've listened. I've listened to everyone. Whatever's thoughts about what we should do next. And John in particular said, this is a divisive Bond film, you know. Yes, we've had fun. There'll be big debates coming off social media probably as a result of this review. <laughs> so let's do something non-divisive. So Spectre. <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> no. Knives out now. No, <laughs> not doing that. No, so I think I'm afraid it is time. Three years on. Probably our favourite Bond actor. It's going to be the living daylights. Glory. We've got to do saving them and saving them and saving them like your favourite meal. (laughs) You eat that bit at the end, don't you? Yeah, just keep the roasties on the side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a bit like Quality Street and I saved and saved the ones I liked. And then, of course, come back, Jennifer's had them all. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Go them up where you can. I cannot wait. Cannot yeah. wait. And That's so good. I think as well, what we might do with Dine of the Day, after this review's come out, we will do a debating yeah. Dine of the Day episode. A bit oh, like we did yeah. for Debating No Time to Die. Yes. Get some of you fans to come in, chat with us, debate the film, and we want people who love the film. We yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because... Could we also debate not just the film itself, but. The legacy of Dine of the Day. The legacy, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Not just the, 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 the film talking. itself, but I, I think the legacy of Dine of the Day is very interesting. Yeah. It's the most fascinating out of all 25. Mm. Because obviously, No Time to Die is too raw still, even though it's two years. Oh, dear. Well. Right. Lads, thank you very much. It's been magnificent. Loved it. We will be yeah, back. Superb, gents. Other episodes. Living Day. Really, the Blow Seven will return. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll try and get out by the end of 2024. So that's all we yeah. have. <laughs> Wait, don't pull it out. I'm not finished with it yet. See? It's a perfect fit. Mm hmm. Leave it in. Well, it's going to come out sooner or later. No, leave it in, please. A few more minutes. I really have to get these back. Still the good guys, huh? Mm. I'm still not quite sure how good you are. Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 